All right, we want to welcome back to uh, Two Preachers and the Truth. Uh, this will be our fifth episode. We got a special guest with us, uh, Reverend Justin Clausen. Uh, we'll start uh, everything off as we always do. We're going to start off with prayer. Uh, before we get started, though, we got a few prayer requests. Uh, there was a lady uh, that a person that I know knows. She's uh, having some issues. She's was a diabetic from when she was young, kind of ignored it. Um, and now she's kind of all unresponsive and on machines and everything. So we'll keep her in our prayers. Uh, I'm not going to mention the name or anything, but Lord knows all about it. Uh, also, Terry Braden, uh, Josh Braden's father, he's still in the hospital and having some issues. So let's keep him in our prayers. Uh, Brother Mike, you want to open us up with prayer? Yep. Go ahead. Most precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for another day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you've given us to to reach out to people, Lord, by this podcast. God, we ask that you bless it, Lord. We ask, God, that you remember all the requests, Lord, that were said, that were uh, given to us to say, Lord, and, and remember, God, and always re and remember the ones, God, that weren't said, Lord, that we, we don't know about, that people are, are trying to, to get to you, Lord. And we thank you and we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. 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 All right, and we're going to be in First Peter, uh, the second chapter. I believe we're going to be starting at the seventh verse. We might read a little bit before that, but before we get started, uh, Justin, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, give us your testimony? Yeah, um, I was saved when I was younger. I think I was about 11. Uh I believe it was on a Thursday. I know there's some people can uh, tell you date, time, all that stuff. Um, all I know is mom was canning beans at the time. And uh, I got saved sitting on a footstool uh, in the living room while she was in the kitchen. And uh, I don't remember much what she told me. I just knew I was lost and I was going to hell. And uh, I know she was giving me the scripture and telling me what I needed to do. And um, I remember praying, and uh, it's hard to explain once you pray that when your sins are taken from you, and um, that feeling of Christ moving in and sin moving out. But it's it's something if you've been saved and you know that you know that you've been saved, you can't explain it, but you just know that you know Christ has become Lord in your life. Amen. And uh, like a lot of people. Uh, I struggle sometimes with uh, if I've really been saved or not, and uh, that's something Satan uses against us. I know that if uh, he can keep us not focusing on moving forward, but in a spot in our life where we're not useful for Christ, he will. But I'm thankful that God's bigger than he is and uh, didn't always live for him like I was supposed to. Like I said, I was saved young, got into a lot of trouble in my teens and early 20s, and uh I must have been probably 19, 19 or 20, and uh, I tried a bunch of different things, knowing that I wasn't living for the Lord, so I started going to church a whole lot. I uh, thought maybe if I was there every Sunday, I could be a rock like some people in my life had been, just knowing that they would be at the church house when you got there. Uh, I tried praying 24-7, thinking maybe I needed to be a prayer warrior, and uh, got in God's Word, and it seemed like everything he kept showing me was, you know, I had a greater calling than than just being at a church Sunday mm -hmm. or being a prayer warrior. 
mm-hmm. that you could still do all that <clears throat> stuff. But, you know, he was calling me to preach. And uh, I must have struggled with that for two years or so. And uh, it's a rough two years. If you're not in the will of God and you're not doing what God wants you to do, it's a rough time. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, you know, said, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to try my best to follow you and uh, just let you have control and, and lead and put you back where you belong. And that's number one in my life. And, uh, you know, not been sorry for it. Uh, haven't really looked back and uh, questioned or doubted any of it, you know. So uh, just a sinner saved by grace with a, a calling in my life that, you know, that's what the Lord's put there, and I'm just trying my best to uh, to follow what He wants me to do. So, mm-hmm. Amen. It you know, it's always a struggle when you first get that calling to preach because let's face it, nobody yeah. wants to be a preacher. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to face that. No. But, you know what we go through and everything, and you know it's kind of funny sitting here though because I mean I'm younger than both of you guys. Though, but we all grew up in church and everything, yeah. and you know. Yep. Nate, just his brother's a preacher and that, and, you know, it's like, who would have ever thought us of all people would be preachers? <laughs> I, know. I mean, <laughs> I always say that it, the people that I knew in high school and stuff, if you were to tell them now that I was a preacher, they'd laugh at you. They would not believe you, you know, but God has a way of uh, giving you the ability to do it. You know, I, I can't do anything on my own. Right. You know, and I certainly can't stand and preach his word without him, you know. I was terrified. I didn't mean to cut you off either. I'm oh, sorry. no, no. You're, you're, you're good, brother. It's all good. It's just, it's funny when you think about it. To me, that's God's sense of humor because every preacher I've ever met, it's like he never picks like a good one. It's always somebody who's been mean. You know? Yeah. Right. You know? Every preacher I've ever met has always had a background where they had that falling out and stuff like that. Yeah. You never had that upright everything. And then they're like, I'm called to preach. You keep going. And it's like he always picks the mean ones. I always <laughs> tell people that it's a Baptist thing. You're not yep. a good Baptist unless you actually question God three or four times when he's called you to do something. Yeah. Or, right. That, that's very true. Once you give your testimony or speak up during prayer request or lift your hand, you always, you know. Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? Lord, <laughs> yep. you, yep. I, you know, you, 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 as a person, you, you try to get out of it. And it's oh, yeah. it, it, the way it is. It is. Know. It's really hard. But all right, we'll go ahead and get started in our topic for this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about being a peculiar people as uh, children of God. And I think this is really important, especially like with the things going on in the world today. Everything that's going on, it. Christians need to define who they are and we need to be set apart from the world. I feel like a lot of Christians today, they're trying to like mix with the world and try to, you know, say this is okay and we're okay with this and okay with that. And, uh, you know, it goes all the way back. I mean, it's nothing new. Talked about that a few podcasts ago. It's nothing's new is going on, you know, in God's eyes. He's already seen it and, you know, the Israelites tried to do the same thing. They tried to mix man and God, and it just didn't work. But I feel like we're kind of back into that point now, a little bit deeper than what we've been in it. So we're going to go ahead and read. Brother Mike, I'll have you go ahead and read the verse seven. verses. We're start at verse 7. Uh, yeah, go ahead and start at verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, 
and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show, shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fresh, fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. All right. Yeah. We'll stop there for a little bit. Uh, Brother Justin, you want to just kind of start the conversation, give us your thoughts on it and that and things going on in the world? Well, like you said, Christians today are trying to blend in. Um, there's a lot of churches out there that don't preach King James Version Bible mm -hmm. and God's word for what it is. They give you the everything's okay, come to church, and uh, that's all you need to do. Um, we're not of this world. That's in the Bible. We're of this world in the sense that we're here living, but uh, as children of God, our home is to come. Right. And we're, no matter if you're a preacher, if you're a song leader, deacon, just a regular church member, whatever, we all have a job to tell people about Christ. Yep. That's a job as a Christian is to let God's word Amen. be out right. to this world. We're supposed to be a light. And, uh, you know, uh, verse 7 says, The stone which the builders disallowed the same as made the head of the corner. I always believed that it was Jesus that they were talking about. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I always, you know, and he told them, as, I believe it's in... Uh, I'm not even going to try to uh, go books. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> I'll mix them all up. Right. And everybody's like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we do the same thing, brother. Don't worry about but it. But Jesus told him, he said, I'm here with you people, and I'm doing these miracles, and I'm telling you what I'm here for and what I'm here to do, and they're still rejecting me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm present. They can see me, physically see me and touch me, and they don't want nothing to do with me. Right. When I'm gone, it's going to be worse for you guys. Oh, right. 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 You know? But I'm, we're, we're supposed to build everything from Christ. He's supposed to be the center. He's supposed to be the foundation. So we're supposed to build everything on God's word. Everything that we're going to face, everything we're going to go through, anything this world seems to think of, they think is something new or something. Uh, the Bible tells us that he'll use what was intended for bad for good. Yep. So anything that this world can throw at us, if we're on our rock and we're on Christ and we're in Christ, you know, we will be built up. Amen. And then as it as it goes on, uh, to where it starts talking about us being peculiar people, I'm gonna skip down a little ways. Oh, that's fine. If we're built on Christ and our life is for Christ and we're in God's word and we're trying to live for him like we're supposed to be and we're letting people know we're going to be peculiar anyways yeah. there's not this world's lost and looking for hope 
and they're confused and you know like when covid started that's what everybody was looking for they wanted answers yep everybody wanted to know what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing but nobody got down and really prayed about it so, i know i did i know there's people I shouldn't say everybody, but most the world. When I say everybody, I'm talking. They were they were looking for people on TV, or they were looking for oh, their yeah. own answers. Yep, absolutely. On on what to do when that came through, mm -hmm. instead of just standing on Christ and saying, "Lord, you've been through this before," you know. Right. He had the plagues come when Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go with Moses. Uh, I mean, now we know history. A hundred years ago, they had the Spanish flu, and you know what I'm saying. Like that, this isn't new to the Lord. And, and if we're solid on Christ, we can face this world no matter what we go through. Amen. And to me, when you know, to be peculiar is to be strange or odd, and people see that as odd. That you know, we have belief in something we can't see. We have faith in someone that we can't physically see. But to me, he's real. And I know Amen. to you guys, he's real. Oh, yeah. I know to a lot of Christians, we know he is real. And, you know, that that's odd to a world that's looking for hope that won't put their hope in Jesus. That's right. You know? And I don't want to do anything without him. Oh, I, I don't want to be found outside of God's will. I've let him down enough in my own life to judge somebody else's life. Amen. I got Justin Clawson to worry about. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. I don't... I just, I'm just trying to tell people and show people, you know, that we are going to be hated for being Christians. Mm -hmm. And if you are a Christian and you're doing God's work, Satan's going to work against you as hard as he can. Yep. You're going to be peculiar. Yeah. But everything starts, in my opinion, on building on Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It, it really does. You know, you got anything more you want to say? Or? I'll let you guys talk. Oh, okay. I'll fill in. All right. <laughs> no problem. I didn't want to cut you off or anything. Um, it what, what you said is exactly right. And it's that foundation on Christ that really starts it all. Because without Christ, you really can't be that peculiar person. That yeah. that's, that's the difference in us. It's all about Christ. And, you know, it's hard to sit back as a Christian and watch things go on in the world and not speak out about it. You know, you, you take coronavirus, he brought it up. The first thing they were wanting to do was close churches. And everybody was, oh, we got to close down the churches. And, you know, to me, the church has always been when you're in a time of need, church is always a place to go. Right. You know, when God's people gather together and start crying out, that's when things start to happen. And, you know, what? they shut the churches. Churches, a lot of churches kind of followed in suit with it. Right. And we're like, okay, you know, I've even, you know, had it said to me in that, well, why are you, you still open? Aren't, aren't you worried about, you know, killing your members or anything? And, you know, we're, we're a pretty small church here. I, I know everybody in here and I know everyone was, has been saved that's in our church. I was like, oh, they're ready to go. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> that that's not at my worry anymore. But, you know, I, I am worried if somebody does come in there about, you know, them dying. But I'm not worried about them dying of COVID. I'm more worried about them dying in their sins because that's, you Amen. know. That's a permanent death. Yes. You know, that's a permanent separation from God, Amen. you know, and th there's no do over. You know, mm -hmm. once you take that last breath, there's no, you know, you don't get a mulligan on life. No. So. No, the best decision you'll ever make is salvation. You know? Right. And 
you know, as we were talking, he talked about the cornerstone. I want to kind of dig into the cornerstone for just a minute, you know, and everything in the Bible that we we read, we have to understand that people are trying to give perspective, right? And back then, they would start laying the foundation of a building or of a structure with the cornerstone, right? Because it served two purposes. It got everything in line to where they wanted it to be, and it was the stress stone, right? It was the stone that all the stress and stuff was accumulated in that corner. So they wanted it to be firm. They wanted it to be good. They also checked the stone very good to make sure there was no cracks or surface, you know, things that would cause it to, to crack under that building's weight, right? Mm -hmm. So him using a cornerstone is, is relevant to, like Justin said, your foundation has to be Jesus Christ. You have to build the rest of your life on Jesus Christ. The day you got saved, I was eight years old when I got saved. The day that you got saved is when the cornerstone got laid in your life. How are you treating it? Have you been building off of it or have you just left it laying in the dirt? You know, that's that's kind of where, where we're at. And we talk about COVID so much because it's the, it's the hottest topic now, right? Because it's affected yeah. everybody in some way, shape or form. Yes, it has. You've either had it um, you've known somebody that's had it. You've, you've possibly lost a loved one that's had it or a friend. And those are all very sad circumstances. But COVID did something else, too. COVID also, I think, created separation between the child of God and the people that want to play church and Christianity, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. And as that happened, you start to look around and you can tell somebody that's not fearing the thing, you know, and you... Listen, you know, the mask mandates and stuff like that, I have no issue with you doing it to stay safe and stuff. But you can tell when people are afraid, you know. And I always get ridiculed because the first thing on my mind isn't putting a mask on. I will put a mask on when I have to, you know, and to, to, to show respect to other people and stuff. But I always get jumped on. And it's like I don't fear this thing. Like I don't fear catching it you know what i mean i don't want to find it but i don't fear it because jesus christ is my cornerstone you know mm -hmm. and that's where we need to get to and i thank god that we know that covid can be taken care of through christ Amen. you know yep. that's Amen. that's what we have to cling to is that covid can be taken care of through christ and that's that's a that's something that us christians i think are starting or the ones that are children of God have been focusing on is is putting Christ in the equation. You know, every problem that you face in this life, if Christ isn't in the equation, then it's never going to get solved. Right. That that's very true. And it's you know, it's about God's people also just need to start standing out. And how do we stand out? Well, just like Justin said, we have Christ as our foundation. So if Christ is our foundation, then we're building on him, his statutes, his laws, and we walk according to him. We want to be, the Bible says that we need to, you know, try to be Christ-like. Yeah. We need to walk as closely as possible to him. And when we walk as closely as possible to him, we start, you know, calling sin, sin. You know, you know, Christ never hesitated to call out sin. Mm -hmm. You know, there was never a, you know, he told them they were wrong. Yeah. You know. And, you know, he told the scribes and the Pharisees straight to their face. He was like, listen, you're basically doing things, telling the people to do things you yourself won't even do. Right. You know, you look at the temple when you've seen them selling in that 
and everything for a profit, he threw them all out of the temple. He, he didn't just, you know, turn a blind eye to it. He called it out. And, you know, we need to start doing that and start realizing things. You know, I, I read a post on Facebook and I shared it on our church Facebook page. And it said, we have 17,000 pages of laws because we can't follow 10 lines <laughs> that were written on a stone tablet. Amen. And, and, Amen. and that's the truth. We, that is the truth. We waver so far from God's law. And that's what, to me, it, you know, the foundation is Christ. But then that's what defines us. And that's when he starts talking about, you know, your good works. They'll see those good works. Right. when you, I believe it's down in uh, the 12th verse, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So right. what he's saying is when you come to him because of what you're doing, because of your following of Christ, that's your good works. Right. So you're being Christ-like. Right. They'll glorify Excuse me. God right. through that. They're going to glorify God through that. They're going to see that in you. Right. And it's going to make them curious. You know, a lot of people, you know, they like to run us down. And we know, you know, that's also Satan working in the background and everything with, you know, everything that we do and we try to do for the Lord. He's always going to try to put his hand in it and wreak havoc on it. But there's those people that literally see us and they question us because we're not afraid of things where we hold ourselves differently we talk differently we act differently we handle situations differently because of christ that's in us right. and it makes them curious about it and you know i, I said to a, a friend a couple days ago i said to him you know you got to remember for for us here let, let's just go ahead and just you know call it how it is for us here if we were to walk out that door slip crack our head open or like Jake Clausen said in the last podcast, somebody was to come in here and put a gun to our head, you know, whatever we're ready to go. Yeah, we're good. Right. So it, you know, when you think about it, we're not actually here for ourselves. No, you know, we're here for those that are around us and to lead them to Christ. Yeah, we're lost. Amen. Right. And we're not here to sugarcoat things for people. No, you know, no. we, we get caught up too far mixed into the world. I know I, I've been told by people that, you know, they're, they, you know, they don't think that abortion's wrong and it's not wrong in the Bible. Well, it, I can take you to about eight verses and we're, we're actually, we're going to do a podcast about that where it says it's wrong. And the biggest one that says it's wrong is thou shalt not kill. Yeah. Amen. You know, amen, thou shalt amen. not kill. It, it's amen. written as plain as day. Again, going back to those 10 lines on yeah, that stone tablet, saying, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you, you get to talking and I know it. We talk about it here because I know there's a lot of Christians out there that, you know, they have a hard time talking about it because it's so much in our world. But you get into the whole argument of homosexuality mm -hmm. and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if a couple was to walk in here that I wouldn't let them into the doors of my church because right. me and my opinion, that's yeah, where you, you need, need to be. Yeah, yeah. You need to be in church in that. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to change my mind about it being a sin because right. God clearly calls it a sin. That's yeah. right. You know, an abomination, right. And an abomination. And I'm glad you said that because that's really important because abomination literally means hate. Yeah. yeah. So for a God of love to hate something. Yeah. 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 For that reason. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, he, find, he told that to find 10 people. I believe it was. It started yep. at like 30 and he kept cutting it down. You know, right? And because of his mercy, you know? yeah, yeah, and and people always want to say, well, you know, 
God loves them and that they they have that right to be gay and they have a right to be a homosexual. I'm like, yeah, but the whole reason you're saying God loves you is he destroyed the city for that reason. You see what I'm saying? Right. He destroyed the entire city because he couldn't find righteous people. And that, because uh, I've had questions here lately about this. So it, it's yeah, something yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Go ahead. That's, that's why we're doing this, man. Because I've, I've been asked this before. If you're homosexual, can you make it to heaven? And I tell everybody you can. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can be saved and still be a homosexual. I'm not saying it's right. You're right. not going to have favor with God. Your life's not going to be a walk in the park. You're not going to be blessed. But you can, and I always tell people, if you get in God's word after you've been saved, you won't be a homosexual. No, right. right. You will change your ways. You'll be a new creature. Right. You, know, you right. see, you're not going to stay in your sin because that's what that is. Like Jacob was saying, even though the world doesn't want to call it a sin or people don't want to say it's a sin, according to God's word, it's still sin. Right. But that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So you can be saved. And like I said, I've not always lived right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me right. We've all messed Nobody up there. Has. Nobody's been saved and then been perfect. No. Right. That was reserved for one man. Oh, yeah. And he come and lived the perfect life from sin from the time he was born. Right. right. And it wasn't, he didn't have a day to where he was saved or he come to meet himself right. so to speak right. you know no yeah absolutely that was his reason was to be the perfect lamb to die for our sins amen right. so you can be a homosexual but it's not going to work out for you right right and i'm not going to tell you it's going to be okay no i'm not, i'm not telling you it's okay to live that way right you know but yep. you need going back to christ you need to get in his word yourself if that's how you feel about something yeah, and, amen. And dig it out for yourself. Don't take amen. my word for it. Right. Because the Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. Amen, yep. That's come up a few different times. Yeah, that, that, that has. <laughs> but you know, it's honestly the truth. And, and I believe Paul told him, I come preaching Christ. Right. And that's all you can preach is Christ. We can't preach anything else. Everything else changes. Yeah. Yep. Except for Christ. Amen. Good point. Right. Like you know, he, he said his word, you know, it, it would stand even after the end of time you know right. his word would still yeah. stand and you even know through the fire and brimstone exactly God, god's word and i think what people don't understand too is like you're saying you know can they still be saved yes they can still be saved um god can save anybody yeah my, my bible tells me at this point and i'm not trying to get off topic or anything you know christ fulfilled the law but he fulfilled the ceremonial law so god's other laws about things still stand he didn't change his mind on what sin was right. but we're given a way of mercy yep. Amen. and you know at this point the only unforgivable sin there is is disbelief blasphemy yep, yep. against the holy ghost but it so and we can still you know and i believe you're saved until the day you die once you're saved once you're bought by his blood there, there's no need for it you know <coughs> christ came and died once and because he died once you only need to be saved once that's i don't it. think you need to keep being resaved yeah, and stuff like that because that's you know actually that's you know putting a weakness on god yeah i don't believe in right losing your salvation exactly but with that being said so what happens when a christian sins? well we we pay for those sins oh yeah we do. you know we suffer consequences yeah. for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction yeah. you know so like you said you're, you're gonna miss out on those blessings when you continue in sin and that but it doesn't you know mean you can't be saved and i think that's the hardest part christians have is going about that peacefully and 
respectfully and everything because you know we get caught up and we're always accused of you know well we're just you know we just hate them and it's like no we don't hate them we actually love them right we love them so much that we want them to realize where it's going wrong and where they need christ in their life trying to give them the best thing we got exactly we're trying to give them the best thing that we got that's why you know we don't we don't turn them away there's a lot of christians that you know they just want to shun them and everything it's like how can you shun somebody when and you can't tell me because i can tell you all through the bible where god literally christ was with the sinners more than he was with the people who you know claim to be righteous and you know and he was constantly telling them ways to change their life he was telling them what the laws were right and to sin no more right and that's what we need to be doing and you know we need to be doing it the way he did it he didn't do it in this harsh tone or completely reject them in that he came to them in a loving manner because he did love them and he was going to lay his life down for them Amen. you know and that's a hard thing for christians to do it, it's hard to understand you know god loves them but he hates the sin right you know and that we still have to love them and show them God's love, but we still have to rebuke the sin. We still have to state that it's sin because, you know, once you accept it, you're held accountable for that too. Right. You know, and and I you, think you had something you want to say. You know, all of that that you were saying, it, it circles back. I'm going to circle back to the sugarcoating, right? What you're saying, how do we get to that point? Well, we get to that point by preaching the word of God. Amen. Right? And, you know, there's, there's, there's churches in this world today that are allowing sin right in their churches in their pulpits mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and i forget the name of the church and i wouldn't say it on here anyway because it's it's just a, dis, a respect thing but right there's a church that was it's a big church and they allowed a homosexual couple as their pastors in that church and to me that breaks the whole foundation of of what god is you know right. there's, there's a difference between loving somebody and accepting the sin you know mm -hmm. And there's another church, you know, a pastor that preaches at the biggest church in the nation, and he can't even give you the direction into heaven. When asked on, on live TV, you know, are you telling me that Christ is the only way into heaven? And he goes, frankly, I don't know. But, That's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. See, we as, as preachers, we had better stand on God's word and preach the truth, right? Because the truth will set you free. It will set this nation free this this world free because it's jesus right you you say it all the time on here jake and you know through the conversations we've had with with justin and other people you know you say it all the time about how um i lost my train of thought again <laughs> see we told you it was going to happen before this podcast started take your time man uh, <laughs> i was really into it too right man you had you had else on the edge of our seats man oh goodness <laughs> Well, Almighty, thanks. I want to, I want to read verse eight because it says a stone is stumbling and a rock of offense, and uh, Christ being the cornerstone is not for a Christian a stumbling block, right? But uh, if you look up, even to them which stumble at the world, in my Bible it takes me back to Corinthians, First Corinthians, one and twenty three. And it says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Yep. So going back into being peculiar people and Christ being your your cornerstone and being the foundation, people don't understand how somebody could love them enough 
to lay their life down for them. Right. People's never experienced that kind of love in your life. No matter how much your mom loves you, your grandparents, or your husband, or your wife, or your kids love you, there's no other love like the love from God and Jesus. Right. You know? Amen. And, and it's so simple. When you tell people all you have to do is put your faith in him, believe in him, know that he died on the cross, he shed his blood for our sins, he rose again on the third day, and he now sits on the right hand of the Father. Right. People have a hard time understanding that. Yeah. You know? Amen. And the people who who understand it, like Mikey said, the truth will set you free. That frees us from our sins. That That frees us from the wrath of God that is to come. And people don't realize that uh, we will be judged one day, like Jacob said, if we allow sin in our life and stay there, or if we sugarcoat something or turn a blind eye to it, even if you're disobedient to the Lord, like I said earlier, you know, raising your hand or giving your testimony or, you know, going to someone's house or stopping to see how they're doing. If something's been put on your heart, you need to do that for the Lord. Right. You know, and because he died on the cross we become peculiar people and people trip over that yeah. that simplicity of how easy it is to have christ in your life you Amen. know they think they have to do some big huge song and dance and they think they need to to get their life right they need to you know stop going out all the time or they need to uh you know get rid of this person or that person or clean this up and you know that's not the case. We need to come to Christ as we are. Amen. You know, and and not let the simplicity of being saved or accepting Christ trip us up and be a stumbling block in our life. Amen. You know, that that's a big that's a big one right there, actually, because you think about it. Like you said, they think they got to do some song and dance. But in reality, and change their ways and everything. Don't get me wrong. It. And when you become a Christian, you, you should change your lifestyle. Amen. But with that being said, once you accept Christ, this is the most important part. Accept Christ into your life. Right. Yeah. And then he'll make the changes. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, he'll he'll guide you with the Amen. changes and show you where you need to change and things you need to do. And you let him need to do it. That's why, you know, you know, I'll never turn anybody away from walking into the doors of our church. I, I don't Amen. care what, you know, what they are or what they believe in or anything else because I need to get them to Christ. After Christ gets a hold of them, that's when the changing starts making place. And, you know, that's that's the biggest thing with Christians, you know. We don't know how to – we really don't know how to address it. Yeah. In today's society, we don't know how to address these things because we've let them get so far. And we've been labeled as a hatred towards a group. Right. right. Yeah. Hypocrite. Yeah. yeah, we get called a, a hypocrite all the time. And it's like – And it got worse when I became a preacher. Right, exactly. And it's like, you know, we're not – we're the not, world has an image of what they think a Christian should be. Yep. And exactly. It's different for what a Christian should be to what a preacher should be. Amen. Right. That's exactly. You know. Totally different. Aren't you a preacher? Too. I get that all the time. Aren't oh, you yeah. a preacher? <laughs> yes, I am. But I'm first. I was a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. And right. while I still got it. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. But Go ahead. We're I do. On I you. did catch it after he <laughs> caught my train of thought again. After Justin started talking about it again. But what we say on this podcast, or mainly what you say, Jacob, on this podcast, is that it's God that will change the hearts of man. Right. We cannot get to that point without preaching truth. Right. right? You can't sugarcoat everything so that your churches fill up with people with the wrong intention, right? When you get a church that fills up, then you got to teach them 
the right way, the word of God, right? Right. You you don't want to have to appease to their feelings. You want to give them what they need to nurture them in the word of God. Right. That's what I was going to say. All right. <laughs> exactly. And saying that, that's where we're really missing the ball on that. I mean, and I'm not going to, you know, say name any names or anything on here because we, we got into a little bit of trouble on last podcast. Um, we didn't name any names there either. But for some odd reason, when we went to add music, they said we violated company policy. Who knows? <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to kind of be a little bit discreet on this one. But, you know, you think about it. And there, there's somebody that literally said that, like, well, everybody's basically going to make it into heaven. Yeah, yeah. And you, you think about that, and if we don't preach the truth and people buy into that, my, my Bible tells me that there'll be a time where he'll separate the sheep from the goats. Yeah. You know, he'll say, depart from me, I knew you not. The heaven to gain, yeah. hell to shun. Ex- exactly. And when you say something that like that, you basically <laughs> open the door for everything to, you know, well, I can live my life however I want to live it. And really everything. An yeah, you, you do that. You do. The smallest amount, and it, like Mikey said, if you do that to get a big church, if everybody has one inch of Satan in them, oh, yeah. imagine how many inches are actually in your church with Satan being there. Exactly. You know oh, I mean, yeah. he's just running rampant inside mm. a church house. Exactly, and that—that's the problem. And you know. And once you give them an inch, the thing is, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. That's, Amen. you know, what I was always taught growing up. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Yeah. And when you allow it in and everything, first off, how can someone know they need to be saved if they don't know they're broken? Amen. If right. they don't know they violated God's law. Amen. Yep. So that's why we preach God's law, because you need to understand that you're violating God's law and statutes. Amen. That's what sin is. Sin is a violation of God's law. And that's the yep. only law that matters. Right. And so it needs to be taught. And preached and spoken because if we don't speak it and they think that, oh, it's A-OK, then, you know, they're going to go on their merry old way. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be the one being held responsible for a person dying in their sins. Yeah. I, you know, that, I, mean, I always say that, you know, if Satan can get his toe in the door, it's coming down. The whole door is getting busted open, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing about Satan is he'll he'll make everything look better than it really is, right? And my dad, I love him to death. And he had this expression that he always used to say, and he he would say, you know, he'll pick you up in a Cadillac and drop you off on a mini bike, Or yep. he'll pick you up in a Cadillac and drop you off in a Geo Metro, right? He'll make everything look nice and flashy and shiny. But then when you get there and it destroys your life, it's what, what good is it? You know right. what I mean? And I didn't mean to interrupt you again. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're good. You did. I was kind of completing that thought anyway, but... As I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about how, you know, here we're on this and, you know, we have our issues because obviously we stand firm in the way we believe. We're not going to waver from it. You know, we love everybody and, you know, we just want to put God's law out there and show them that according to God's law, it's wrong. But, you know, at the end of the day, again, you got to make your choice. Yeah. You know, I I, I can tell you it's wrong and that's as far as it's going to go. You know, I'm not going to go beat your house down or anything, you know, I'm not going to do it because you know what, you're responsible for your own self. Right. It's up for you to make that correction with God. It's up to me to give out the warning. Right. That's, that's my job as a preacher, as a Christian is to, you know, feed out that warning yeah. and let you know what sin is right. and to not partake in it. That's right. But you know what, at, you know, at the end of the day though, if you choose to still be that way and everything that that's going to fall on you 
but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to pray for you. And you need to take it up with Christ. All I can do is, you know, be that guiding light to Christ, yeah. so to speak. And you think about it, but, you know, we always focus on like the major ones like abortion and homosexuality, but there's so many more things that are going on in churches and in the world that are discrediting and against God's laws, right. you know, and we can't turn a blind eye to them either. I yeah. mean, I, I believe it was Jake last podcast when he was on, you know, he brought up about, you know, well, you think God approves of, you know, a person sitting there and watching pornography. Right. And it's right. like, no, because, you know, the Bible says that, you know, even for a married man, just to look upon another woman and it's lust adultery, after yeah. is adultery. Yeah. You know, his laws are so high and there's so many, you know, things that we don't address that still should be addressed. You know, we, we tend to focus on the big ones. Right. There's also these smaller ones in that. And, you know, I'm going to bring up another one. And we're Southern Baptists. Our, our <laughs> doctrine that does not believe in drinking, that's an argument for a whole nother day. Um, <laughs> but the Bible speaks about drunkenness being a sin. Right. You, you, right. you know, so we also need to, you know, be focusing on those who are, alcoholics and that and helping them get past it and being there for them and praying for them right and showing them about how it's a sin right and stuff like that like if the minor sins are still major sins because god doesn't have this like sliding scale of you know this sin all oh, it's only going to be this this sin's only going to be that no, and that's you know that's something i could never understand about certain religions is you know it's a sliding scale that well if you do this sin you got to go and do this but if you do this sin you got to go and do this it should be the same thing because it it's no difference thing. in god if i steal a little piece of candy from a penny store you know and take just a little one cent candy on those old little fashion stores that you go to at like solders village and stuff yeah, where they right. still have penny candy if i do that or if i go and rob a bank for you know thousands of dollars guess what god still looks at it and he's like you still stole sin. my ten commandments yeah. say thou shalt not steal died for all sin. right you know but it's sin is sin yeah, and yeah. it doesn't matter and it's just as bad you know if if i steal a little piece of candy i'm guilty of all of them all right yeah you, you know oh, the yeah. bible i believe the bible actually says that if you find yourself at fault in one law you're actually guilty of them all yep right. they'd be charged by the whole book exactly <laughs> and so you know it's you know and we always bring up the major ones but i was as i was sitting here thinking as we were talking about it, it's like you know how many minor things have we even led into churches that have torn churches apart i know you, you know oh, even yeah. as far as you know people going on and going in and you know i'm not trying to dog anybody about different versions of the bible and that but the bible's the number one selling book in the world so of course they're going to try to change things up because they got to sell more bibles right i mean if everybody buys a king james version bible well everybody's got one there's no need to buy one anymore so now we got to come out with this version you know and that's originally how it kind of started so when you picked up the Bibles, there wasn't much variance in them. But now there is so much differences in the wording and in the interpretation. When you take it from reading the King James to the newer versions out there, it's it's unbelievable what they take out and omit. Um, I'm not going to say which one it was. And honestly, it's because I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> but there's a Bible out there that actually omits the word blood. Yeah, it takes the word blood completely out. And it's like, you know. When I follow the Bible and understand, I need the blood in there. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So the blood's important. Why are we taking that word out? Right. 
But it's because now they're catering more towards man and man's views and man's laws and man's understanding of what man wants to think is acceptable. You know, man wants to take this verse and read three words of it, and that's what it means. He doesn't want to read the four verses after. And get your strong out. the five verses out. Word. Right. Or even just go back and reference back to other verses in the Old Testament and put it together. They don't want to do that. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's what it means. Right. You know, they don't want to research into it and that. And we're, you know, that's where we're at today. And that's why we're losing that peculiarness as Christians. We're losing it. Yeah. Because we're starting to conform to the world. We're starting to say, oh, this is okay. That's okay. You know, and, you know, I believe it even falls in with us with those little minor things that we let slip by that, you know, you, you talk about abortion, homosexuality. That's that's the major two Christian talking points right there. Right. But, you know, we don't talk about the drunkenness. We don't talk about, you know, the adultery part. We don't talk about, you know, these things or pride. try to. Yeah. Pride. Pride's it, a big one. It is. Take a church down quick. It will. And that's, you know. That's the things that we also need to be talking about. That That's what makes us peculiar because we're not just focused on the big ones. We're focused on the little ones because to us, the little ones are just as important as the big ones. Right. You know, I'll let you go I, ahead. And... I think, you know, another part to the peculiar statement and Justin hit on this about the love right now. One of the very, when, when I, when I first announced my calling to preach, I um, announced it on a Sunday night, and um, the pastor of the church, you know, said, "Well, since you announced your calling, you can preach Sunday morning." You know, and it threw me right into the fire. And I thank God for that because mm -hmm. it, it did make me lean on God, right? Right. Because the the church had that day there was probably a hundred, hundred fifty people in that church, and it, it was scary to me, you mm -hmm. know. But the message that came to my mind that throughout that week was agape agape love right and in the bible the word for love you know that's used every time it's talking about something other than christ or god and i forgive me if i pronounce it wrong but i think it's pronounced pyroli right and that's brotherly love that's that's the love that you know, is defined as the love you have for your brothers, the love that you have for your family, the love that you have for your kids, those kind of things, right? That kind of love. And it was separated in the Bible for a reason, right? And agape is the love that was talked about when it was talked about Christ dying on the cross and God's love for mankind. And, and John 3.16 takes and highlights all the parts of agape love. And I'll, I'll read that for you toward the end of the podcast and, and break it down. But agape love means selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional love, right? And when Justin said that about, you know, the love and stuff, it is because of the love of Christ that makes us peculiar, right? Because people see that love that you have for for them and they don't understand it, you know? They, they, they can't understand it until they encounter Christ, you know? Right. And that's... That was kind of a big thing. I didn't mean to circle back again, but we were talking about peculiarness and how, how we are peculiar to other people, right? And Justin, I think you said it was the, the, the definition was odd or what'd you strange. say? Strange or odd, right? Well, yeah. in, in the world's eyes, we are strange or odd. Yeah. We're strange yep. or odd because 
they they look at you like how how can you love that person you don't know you know and it's it's simple you know because god christ died on the cross for my sins he was the first to display that love and when you get saved that love encompasses who you are yeah i looked up peculiar uh before all this and i found another meaning peculiar as a noun means that you can be in a place and that place does not have jurisdiction over you. Right. That's a good one, too. It, yeah. It, it says, uh, <laughs> what I read, it was talking about a parish or a church being inside a jurisdiction, but not being accountable to that jurisdiction. So as peculiar people, obviously, I mean, it kind of jumps right out at you. We're not of this world, and we're not held to this world standard. You know what I mean? This world doesn't have a jurisdiction on us. But we need to hold ourselves to God's standard or try to live to God's standards. We know we're not going to make it to God's standards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, God judges the heart. And you can be a mission worker and you can give all the money you want to and you can be at church every Sunday. And if you're doing it just to be there, God knows that. Yep. You know, because it says in the Bible that he will tell people, you know, you did all these things and cast devils in my name, but depart from me because... You never actually made me Lord and Savior. You were never one of my Amen. children. Even though you did all this great and wonderful works, your heart has not been washed in my blood. Right. You know, that you still can't come here. And when Jacob was talking about little sins and stuff, you know, people forget. I had to look it up because it's in Titus in chapter 3, and it starts talking about uh, not to speak evil, not to be brawlers, to be gentle, showing meekness. Uh, we're foolish and disobedient, uh, deceived and serving uh, diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating uh, one another. And it also tells us, uh, I want to say it's in Galatians or somewhere like that. I'd have to look it up. Like, mm -hmm. I forget books all the time. <laughs> it's all right, it talks brother. about people being you know, backbiters and gossipers yep. and the little things in a church like we started to talk about that satan will use mm -hmm. i don't know how many people i i've talked to that i don't go to that church because so and so said this or so and so did this yep. and i don't agree with it you know and even when the lady broke when she came in and, and washed and dumped the oil on christ what was it that they said she should have sold that right she she, she could have got money for it and gave the money to the poor Exactly. Some people, it says, murmured again and amongst themselves. I mean, she did something that she could for Christ, right? You know what I mean. And and people still talked about her. Yeah. And, yeah. and people don't realize that talking about church members, talking about your pastor, talking about other churches and oh, stuff yeah. like that, it gives Satan a playground to play. Yes, in. it does. It does. It gives him room for this world to look at us and say. They're hypocritical. The church. You know, it gives them room to to say they're the same as we are. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. hey, hey, exactly. There's no difference if I go to church to learn about God and and to you know gain heaven and shun hell as it is if I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday morning talking with my my buddies, watching and waiting for football to show up. You know, there's right because they're they're still no, acting the same way. Yeah, there's no <laughs> particular separation there you know yeah. what i'm saying there's no hard line in the sand so to speak that 
where they can say those people have been saved those people are lost you know everybody's conformed and trying to blend in and you know like you guys have said that's something that as Christians we need to be peculiar we need that I don't want to say it should be in every Christian's life and this is just Justin Clawson speaking this is my opinion it should be in your life to want to serve God yeah amen it should be in your life to want to be in his word and want to try to better yourself for him and as Mikey started to say earlier when he was talking about uh, COVID and uh, changing things it has separated a lot of people that were just churchgoers. Yeah, yeah, that it were, has. That were it really has. pew fillers. Yeah, you know what I'm really saying? Has. It was people that were coming not because they wanted to be there, not because they wanted to worship or they wanted to learn or yeah. be around God's people. They were coming so they could say, I went to church. Yeah. Or I go to church. Yeah. And, you know, all that's talked about, you know, and that's those mm -hmm. little sins that will divide a church and it will split it in no time it, it will it'll it'll tear it completely up and you know putting it in perspective as you were saying that i thought about a, a joke my dad told me a, a long time ago he heard from a buddy i was at work and um it's about this blind guy and he gets a parrot and he's taking the parrot around so and telling him what places are so the parrot can tell him where he's at right and you know he takes him into the church and he you know he says this is a church and you know, he goes to the bar and he tells him this is the bar. So he goes to church on this Sunday and he asks the parrot, where are we? And the parrot's like, church. And he's like, that's right. And after church service, he, he goes to the bar and he's like, where are we? And the parrot keeps saying church. And he's like, no, this is the bar. And the parrot goes, same people. <laughs> and, you know, but it puts it into perspective. Like, that's how we're being right same. now. We're, we're acting the same way as, you know, the world is. And that's where we need to get that separation. And it's not just separation from the major things like we discussed. It's those small things like Justin was talking about. Right. I mean, let's face it. I said this on the last podcast. I'm going to say it again. We're, we're Baptists. You get ticked off at somebody in a Baptist church. You don't, you know, go to them. You don't reconcile with your brother. You church hop. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's plenty true. of Baptist churches in this area. You just church hop. That's yeah. true. And that's then true. you run the other church down that you just left. And that yep. that's how it goes, you yeah. know. And I... I and not to cut you off. No, you're good. Or cut Mike off. No, you, you guys are good. The Bible says to be rooted. And I believe we need, as a Christian, to be in a church where God wants us to be. Amen. And we need to put roots down. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Never we need grow. to say, this is my church. No matter what happens, no matter what goes on, I'm standing on Christ. My foundation's been laid. And I'm going to see this church grow. I'm going to see this church have people come in and be saved and not like Jacob said, showing up and then like a tumbleweed when the wind changes, you go on down the road. Yep. Yeah, you know? exactly. Amen. So I have, a, I have a question for you guys then, you know, we're talking about peculiar and being peculiar people. Where is it that we can exercise being a peculiar person, right? And the first one that comes to my mind is work because yep. that's where I failed probably the most. Amen. And, and I'm not happy to admit that, but that's where I fail the most, you mm -hmm. know. And as I go on through this life, I'm going to strive to get better in that, right? Mm -hmm. But what are some other ways to exercise peculiarness? It, to me, it's all in your actions. 
um, people watch us in our actions. People judge us by the way we walk, what we do, what we wear. They judge all those things, everybody. They judge everybody that way. And they judge Christians, though, by the way we talk. Right. And that's that's the biggest thing. The things, And I believe, um, I forget which book it is. I'm just like you, brother. I forget <laughs> books. But, but Christ said they... they started eating the corn and they didn't wash their hands and the pharisees they're always trying to catch christ up on something and they're like man you know you violated this they didn't wash their hands and they're eating and he said listen it's not what goes into the man that defiles him. it's what comes okay. out comes so out. we got to get honestly it starts every morning every morning we need to be in prayer with god to lead and guide our steps and continue the bible says pray without ceasing and i believe that's so we don't stumble along the way of giving into that fleshly side because everybody's watching us and judging us. Right. And if we approach things the way Christ approached things, when Christ approached them, the only thing he wanted to tell them was about his father and to lead them right. and to lead them on a path of righteousness and the path of being saved. That's where he wanted to lead them. You know, if we approached everything like that and every person we met as wanting to bear a testimony to them and to show them Christ, you know, things would be a lot different. Right. And things would be a lot easier on us in some days and circumstances, but we don't approach things like that. I mean, a guy cuts us off. We talked about it last podcast. Guy cuts us off. We get ticked off. Yeah. Person pulls out in front of us and doesn't step on the gas pedal. I'm sorry. My last thought is saying, God bless you. That's the last thought on my mind. When someone pulls out in front of me and does not hit the gas oh, pedal and I have to hit my brake. And I, I know Justin probably gets more irritated about this because he drives a truck and those yeah, things so, are hard to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you Especially know, driving a semi, I'm sure that gets frustrating. My dad drives a semi. He's always complaining about it. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you wouldn't believe the stupidity on the roads. That just, right. it, it amazes me every day I go to work. It's <laughs> right. something new. Right. It's unreal. It, it, it is. It, it's unfortunate, though, but, you know, that's it's changing the way we approach things. Like when that person cuts us off, you know, saying I'll pray for you instead of saying the other things that we say to them or about them. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's all in our actions and we're all guilty of it. You know, I, I can't point any fingers. I'm probably one of the worst people with road rage here when, you know, somebody cuts me off. I want to get up on their bumper or. You know, I want to scream a few, you know, yeah, you tell them they're number one, you know. (laughs) So I think like, I think our biggest place is work. Yeah, it is. That's where we see and spend the most time with people that's not our family or church. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and if you go to work and everything is just down and out and you're depressed looking or I don't want to say you have to be the best worker there, but if you're not putting in at least the effort to be at work and be there to work. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And you're not the one sneaking off into the bathroom every five minutes or you're taking an extra 10 minutes at lunch or, you know, people see that. And like Jacob said, it's our actions. And it, it's also the way you carry yourself. Cause uh, after John passed away, people at work couldn't believe I was still smiling and still happy right. and was right. still able to laugh and joke when I just laid my brother in the dirt Friday, you see what I'm saying? On Monday, it's like it never happened. I know what happened. I was there, you know, but I have a hope in Christ that I will see him again. Exactly. And our Bible tells us to rejoice when the saints are called home. And it says to mourn and mourn for a season, but in the morning, 
you know, we have to pick up the pieces and move on, so to speak. Right, you yeah, know? right. And, but I was thinking, like, you guys been to the grocery store lately? Yeah. yeah. My wife goes. Yeah. When's the last time somebody held the door open for you? Oh, yeah. Right. Somebody's picked yeah. something up off the ground or somebody's got something off the top shelf for someone, yeah. you know? I'm 6'4". Yeah. Right. I get asked all the time to get stuff off the top shelf. I don't complain. I don't grumble. Right. I, it's usually by his wife. I mean, there's ways in life other than, I mean, obviously sustaining from going to the bars or the strip clubs and right running with the particular crowd of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Jake said, it's the words that come out of our mouth. It's the actions that come from our heart, you know, that people see that's different from them what they're used to seeing mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. right. and the reason that i ask is you know obviously that we've been talking about this what if there was a listener or something that that was you know new to christianity and and was wondering you know how they could act in a peculiar way and the the answer that i'm getting is every work of your every walk of your life every day every day in and day out mm is an opportunity to act peculiar in someone's life right and to, to lead them to jesus and you know i want to share a scripture real quick a couple of them but we're gonna be in philippians for just a second and it's going to be chapter three and it's going to be the 12th or the 13th and 14th verse and you know justin talked about a standard you know that we'll never reach and in, in god we can never reach or be god right or perfect but we should try very hard to do so right mm -hmm. and it's yeah, just being saved is not a ticket to sin no we, right. we should try every day to press forward towards that goal right and it's he paul says it in the letter to um philippi you know in, in philippians 3 here 13 it says brethren i count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before 14 right here this is very important i love this scripture i press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus every day of our life we should be pressing towards god's standard we should be pressing towards mm -hmm. being a better christian you know, forget about the things that are in our past. Forget about the people that have hurt your feelings. Forget about all those things and push forward towards what it is that God wants you to do and do it to the best of your ability day in and day out. Now, that being said, you cannot do it without Jesus. So, Jake, you said it best when you said it starts with waking up and talking to God. Mm -hmm. Wake up, thank him for being alive, and then ask him how he, you can serve him better. You know, thank you for being like, and that's another thing, Justin, I think that we, we don't do enough of is thanking God. No. I find myself doing it all the time, yep. Jake. I'll, I pray with the kids every night and, and, you know, they keep me honest with it because there's times <laughs> that I'm tired and I'm grumbly and I'm whatever, and they don't go to bed until I pray with them. And I thank God for that, you know, but I find myself all the time asking God for something all the time. It, it, it's, it's, it's never ending. And I, I don't seem to want to thank him enough, right? I don't want to say, hey, you know, thank you, God, for the blessings in my life. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my wife, my beautiful wife. Thank you for my beautiful kids, Lord. Thank you for my church, my fam, my, my friendship with, with other Christians, Lord. 
Thank you for letting me be alive today. Thank you for letting me wake up. Those are things that I don't do enough of. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that to get stronger as a Christian, I mean, how, I'll put it in perspective like this, and I'll try to shut up. I'm sorry I, about that, but I'll put it into perspective like this. It gets frustrating when your kids are always like, Dad, 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 hey, Dad, Dad, can I have this? Hey, Dad, can I have a snack? Hey, Dad, can I do this? Hey, Dad, Dad, Dad. You know, you get kind of tired of hearing that. Sometimes you just want to hear, hey, Dad, I love you. Thank you for being my dad. Don't you think God wants to hear that sometimes, too? Yeah, and it, it's something we honestly, we all fall short on doing that. And, you know, that's what this podcast is all about is, you know, it's not just that. about, right, exactly. <laughs> Everything's a sermon, brother. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it, it's so funny when you really sit down and think about it because us doing this podcast, you know, we, we keep ourselves in check too. Yeah. I mean, this causes us to go through and search things out and to have to approach it differently because when we're doing this, we're not talking from a perspective of like, yeah, there's three preachers sitting here. You know, we could really go. And we can say things, and it's just implied right. of things, but we have to actually break it down, you know, just, you know, when you're talking about, you know, like the sins and everything, like you still have to approach them with love. You still got to love them. Like, yeah. if, you know, when you just say, oh, it's a sin for us, we just imply that we got to love them, but, you know, not right. partake in the sin or say it's okay, but we still have to love them and show them God's love. But when you say that to a new Christian, they're just like, Oh, I'm supposed to hate this person. Yeah, you know? right, right. Yeah, you, you know, so th- this causes us to keep us in check in that. We really don't, and we realize things as we go, just like Mikey said, you know, we really don't thank God enough for the things he does in our lives, yeah. you know, and even for us preachers, I feel like sometimes God gets put on a back burner with things going on in our lives. He does, man. And, you know, that's, he does. again, that's going back to being a peculiar people. We need to change that about us. And make sure that God's our number one priority and always our number one priority, you know, because being a Christian is a 24-7 job. And, you know, it's the only job you don't get a weekend off on. And, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, our Bible tells us when, he, when they ask him how they should pray. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Christians that don't get their daily bread. Yeah. Amen. You know, God's word is our bread. It right. is our strength. It's what feeds us. It's what quenches the thirst when we're, you know, dried up or we're running low on, uh, whatever I'm trying. To, I'll say Holy Ghost, you know, right? Because we do stuff. Yeah. The Holy Ghost isn't always in us like He should be. So I'll, I'll say the Holy yeah, no, Ghost. Right. Say spirit. So that's yeah, good. yeah, yeah same thing. When yeah. When we're not where we're supposed to be, so to speak, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of Christians going back into. You know, kind of blending in with this world, they're not getting their daily bread, and no. they come Sunday wanting the preacher to give it to them for the week. Yeah, and that's, no, that's not true. the case. Wow. We should come to church ready to worship and thankful that we're able right. to gather and worship right. and give God His praise. I don't give God enough thanks. Oh, I try God. to, and uh, I seen a thing that said if you woke up tomorrow with what you had today that you thank the Lord for. What would you have tomorrow? Yeah. You know, yeah, right. and like yeah. Mikey said, I have a house, I have a beautiful wife, I have kids, I have a car, I have life. Like I'm physically alive and breathing. I have my salvation. I have a family. 
you know what I'm saying, that's been saved. There's a lot of stuff I can thank God for, Amen. you know. And a lot of times we forget that, that it's a daily walk. Yeah. We daily need food. We daily need to go to Christ. We do. And like Mikey said, it is timing to hear dad yelled all day long. And a lot of people, they think, I will do this for God if I wake up tomorrow and I got a million dollars in my bank account. Yeah. I'll do this for God as long as that person's not going to be yeah. there. Yeah. I'll do this as long as God does that, you yeah. know, yeah. and that's not how it works. No. God doesn't bargain. God no. sells out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. You got to sell everything out to the Lord. Yep. You can't bargain with him. Yep. Every skeleton in your closet, everything in your life, every area, it, it's all got to be sold out to God to be number one. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he's not going to make a deal or bargain with you. That's right. And, you know, the world's got that saying, show me and I'll believe. And God says, believe and I'll show you, mm -hmm. yep. you know, and, and people, they want to <laughs> see God's work. That's great. They want to see God's power. They don't want to do nothing for it. Right. They don't think God can actually do it. So they want to see it first, you know, and that's not how God works. No, you know, we, we need to go daily and get our bread. You guys, I know you guys did the podcast about putting your armor on. We, we need our armor. Yep. We need our food. You know, we need his word and, and we need to be searching God. Amen. Amen. Cause I tell people that a lot too, that the Bible says, draw nigh unto me. Cause that's our choice. You know, we have to make that step even, you know, like that saying, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. <laughs> yep. It's the same thing with Christians. You can tell them about God. You can tell them all the wonderful things and everything, but you can't make somebody accept Christ. Amen. That's true. And that's where it all starts. We have to, we have to make that choice. Like I said, you know, sell out completely, put God number one, stand on the cornerstone, and become peculiar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Become strange and odd to people of this world, and let God do what God does. Right. Amen. He didn't ask nobody when he made the heavens and the earth. You know, he spoke right. it. He didn't have to lift a finger or nothing. He used his own word to make the heavens and the earth. But he created man out of the dust. So he had to physically get his hands dirty when he made us. You know, he, he wants us to have that relationship. He wants us to choose him, but he's not going to force himself on us. You know, right. he's got his son. He's got his time, his energy. He, he's invested in us. Yeah. And he wants us to be an investment into him. But, you know, we can't do that going to sleep and waking up, running out the door, going to work, mumbling, grumbling, you know, running right. around, rushing. You need to take time to put God first. You need to take time to get in his word and know what it says not take a bunch of preachers words for it because no. it's something Amen. you've heard your whole life or you know john three sixteen gets quoted all the time and i've heard people misquote that yep honest yeah. that's the truth i've heard people misquote bible verses you know and like i said i could tell you it's in genesis and it'll be in revelations i know <laughs> before i even get started i'm human <laughs> right my right. mind does not work like it should but people need to stop looking for God and other people and their salvation in other people. And they need to daily walk with Christ to become even more separated, more peculiar to this Amen. world than what we already are. Amen. Amen. And you got something you want to say or 
I was just going to say, and as, as time goes on, and the farther the world gets out of God's uh, graces, if you will, it's going to be even, we're going to be even stranger, right? Right, yeah. We're going to be even more peculiar because they're going to look at us and eventually we're going to be the enemy, right? Right. And yeah. it, you can already see that taking form and shape now, right? And you start to see, like, you kind of understand what the disciples went through, right? Because they, they were the enemy to a lot of these these governing bodies and, and even to the Pharisees themselves, right? Christ was the enemy. Yeah. And that's the direction we're heading. And we there's nothing we can do about it but teach Jesus. Yep. Pray and teach and preach Jesus. That's all that we can do about that situation. Right. That That's all we can do is just take a stand and continue to be that peculiar person i just want to state one thing and then we'll wrap things up if you guys are good with, on your thoughts in that but when you know justin was talking about you know when he teaches us praise that our daily bread you think about that and bread is sustenance yeah. it's food and but when you think about it and you think about the spirit that's in us you know because i'm a firm believer that when you know you're saved you get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, right. you, you don't got to wait Amen. 40 days for the Holy Spirit to come in. No. Once you that step quick. out, he's in there. Yep. But like, you know, Justin said, you know, he's not in us as much as he should be. And you go to, and I, again, I forget where it is. It's, I believe it's in Ephesians, but the Bible says to quench not the spirit. And when you look at it and you think about it, you think about it as like a fire. You know, you can't keep a fire and just throw one log on it. No. And expect it to burn for a whole week. No. You know, you can't just take four verses that the pastor reads on Sunday morning, yeah. you know, and preaches about and think it's going to be enough to get you through the whole week. Yeah, keep stoking it. Right. You know, that's why, you know, back when we were younger, and I know it was even more when our parents and I were younger, but we were in church more than anything going on. Yeah. You know, we true. always had things going on. There was Wednesday night services. You know, there was Bible studies. There was youth group. You know, we had things to keep stoking that fire. Amen. This conversation. You know. Right. How you can see generations just, even my kids don't go to church as much as. Right. You I know? don't go to church now as much as I did 10 years ago. Right. Yeah, and that's, and that's my fault. You know, yeah. Right, that's right. Us too. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a lot of churches that don't have stuff to do. Yeah. They, exactly. You know? They don't, that's they it. don't do them. We, no, not to change the subject. No, no, no. It's still. No, no, no. You're, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. It, it's the same like with, you know, churches today. How many churches actually have Sunday night services? No, there's not many. Not there, many there, no. There's not many, you know. You could probably count them on one hand. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, or Wednesday night service, I think is almost obsolete, at least in, you know, our church. Around. I yeah. think Evergreen you know, Acres still does Wednesday night service. But, you know, one, one church out of how many, you know, sister churches in yeah. this area yeah. have a Wednesday night service, you know, youth groups, especially since COVID, have come pretty much obsolete. Yeah. Your Bible studies, you know, we even got out of... Uh, the swing of things with Bible yeah, study you need to get up. back into it on Sunday Next nights. Sunday, yeah. But you think about how much it's changed in that. And then again, being a peculiar people, you can't be a peculiar people if you're not stoking the fire and know the word. That's it. You know, it. If, if you don't got enough to get you through the day, you, you're going to go cold at some point. Yeah. You know, the fire, the fire is only going to burn for so long and you got to keep adding fuel to it to keep it burning hot. Yeah. You know, 
and I feel like Christians, we basically are like, a, you know, a bonfire that, you know, it goes out. And because instead of adding logs and keep adding logs to it, what we do is we let it burn down so bad. And then, you know, we're trying to restoke the coals and the hot embers because that's what we've gotten down to. We've gotten down to just embers yeah. and we're no longer burning hot. So then it takes us forever to restoke it. And then we just let it go out again, yep. you know? You know, so you got. Before we close out, I, I was said I would circle back to John three sixteen and kind of explain agape for a second, just mm. so if anybody was kind of wondering or whatever. John three sixteen is for God to the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now we all know that scripture. That's that's our rooted scripture, right? Mm -hmm. But when I announced my calling to preach, God revealed some things to me in this scripture and. For God's of the world, he's talking about mankind. He's not talking about the ball of clay that we are standing on. He's talking about mankind. That he gave his only begotten son, he gave him freely, right? If you ask me, that's pretty selfless, right? He gave Christ freely. That whosoever, that's unconditional. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, green, purple. If you're tall, short, it doesn't matter. Right. Male, female, does not matter. Mm -hmm. Unconditional. Right? If you choose to believe in Christ, then believe it in Him, you should not perish but have everlasting life. The whole thing is sacrificial, right? He knew that we had to have a way out of hell. We had to have a way to get to heaven. So He gave a sacrifice, which people think that, you know, God tapped Jesus on the shoulder and said, Hey, you're going down to die. Christ chose to die. Mm -hmm. People forget that. Christ is God, right. God is Christ. Right, they're they're like water. I've always heard it like that. They're like water. You know, you got a, a liquid, a vapor, and a solid in water, but they're all water, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that that this embraces or or foreshadows or umbrellas or however you want to say it, agape love. For God so loved the world, He freely gave His Son, that anyone whosoever believing in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because of the sacrifice, you could have heaven. Amen. And I'm going to just add to that just a little bit further. Uh, speaking about how sacrificial it was, a lot of people don't realize or understand because they don't get into the book enough. Plan of salvation was laid before the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. So God had already planned out salvation. He loved us so much. He had a plan for salvation and still went ahead with the creation yep. because of that love that he had for us, knowing he was going to have to give it up. Yep. You know, and beautiful thing. So is everybody pretty clear on their thoughts? I'm going to say this real quick. Okay. Uh, verse 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And I was That kind of encompasses everything we talked about, our fleshly lust that wars against our soul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to have Christ as your foundation. Right. Christ as the cornerstone in your life. You need to build your entire life, not just to be saved, but to actually be on the move and move forward and right. build something. So when people, uh, what is it, 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works, which they shall behold. Glorify God in the day of visitation. So people can actually see that Christ is in your life. If mm -hmm. He's the foundation and he's the cornerstone and that's what you're building on. People will see it no matter what. You can't hide it. You know what I mean? And 
we are strangers and pilgrims. I mean, the Bible talks about us just passing through. We're, yep. we're only here, like I stated before we started, to further God's kingdom, to let people know there's a day coming when you will face judgment. Yep. Amen. We will be separated oh, yeah. as sheep and goats, and then we will be separated from saved and lost. For eternity. Yeah, for eternity. Mm -hmm. the, the saved will get to go to heaven, the lost will be put in hell and then cast into a lake of fire. Yep. You know? What it yep. says. That's coming for people. It is. Yes, it is. Amen, and, and like Mikey said in John three sixteen, we have a way out of that whole thing. Amen. Amen. You know, we have God's love because it says when we were still sinners, you know, He loved us enough that He knew what we would be. He knew our shortcomings. You know, yep. and and still sent His Son so we we didn't have to face that. And then uh, with all those little sins we talked about earlier, the gossip, the backbiting. Um, you know, people talking about we're all going to the same place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We all have the same work and we're all going to the same place. Yeah. It's time Christians realize that because if you read chapter 2 and verse 2, it talks about being a newborn and desiring the sincere milk. Mm -hmm. right. There's a lot of Christians, like I said, that don't get their daily bread. They're still sucking milk yeah. when they need to be eating meat. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They're they're still drinking milk once or twice a month, and coming Sundays wanting the preacher to give them something for the week. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yep. that way. And a lot of that stems from a question I got asked, <laughs> because it was, why is it always salvation that's preached? And I'm like, that's where everything starts. Amen. Yep, it's salvation. Amen. You know, if you want Christ applied to your life, or you want some lesson learned, or you want something different. Get in the book and find it. You know, that that's a job as a Christian. But, you know, there's a lot of those little sins. We can all agree on big ones. Little ones are a little gray area. But it all needs to be sin. Yep. And we all need to grow up, so to speak. Right. Because, like I said, we are going to the same place. We're serving the same master. We have the same goal. And, and as Christians, we need this world to know we're not of this world where we are peculiar you know there's a difference right and we need we need to create that and like you said we all need to come together in that uh it's like you know i was talking to a brother and i'll wrap this up in that but it goes with what you're saying in that and you know i'm southern baptist is what i was raised you know it's i believe that i follow it the best that i can and i believe that the way it goes but there's other religions out there. And I think sometimes as Christians, we put too much focus on building on religion yeah. and not building on that cornerstone. Yeah. You know, as long as we can agree that Christ is the foundation yeah. and that he is the only way into heaven, we're good. Yeah. You know, that's that's the, like you, Justin said, why is when you ask the question or ask the question, why is salvation always preached? Because that's the most important part. That because that's stone. that's the very beginning. Once yeah. that stone's planted, you can build off of that. But you got to have that stone planted, yeah. you know. So, if everyone else is clear, okay. good, you got. I know that uh, the last podcast we forgot to give them a scripture. Usually, uh -huh. we give the people listening a scripture to take with them through the week. Uh, do do you one of you guys have a scripture that you'd like to leave with them? I'll give you guys my favorite one in the book. If you All want. right, go ahead. Yeah. And I'll, I'll read it right. And why, why he's I looking? Mean, I know it, but I'll read it so it's coming from the Bible. That way, 
if you look it up, it'll be word for word. Right. There <laughs> While we go. he's uh, looking for that, uh, Justin, we it was a pleasure, buddy. We, we thank yeah, you. Thanks and for having me out. Yeah. We, uh, I want to tell you I respect you and I love you and love I you look guys. up to you, man. I do. You've been preaching a long time and keep up the fight, man. Don't you don't guys do the same. Yeah. Always pray for me. I tell everybody, pray for me, pray for me, pray right. for me. <laughs> I'm not above it, and I need it. So. Right. We all we all need it, brother. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm trying to teach my kids too. This is my favorite verse. It's something I always seem to go back to. But it's Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight. It says, "Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord." nor me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Mm. Uh, 9 and 10 and 11 is also good, but verse 8 is the one that I really like. Chapter so, 1? Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, yep. verse 8. There you go. All right. Amen. Well, this concludes our podcast. As always, uh, keep praying for us. Uh, we're going to keep putting them out as long as they'll keep okaying them and keep allowing us to post them we'll keep posting them but if they you know shut us up on here we'll find another way uh we've always said and i know justin probably feels the same way we're, we're gonna preach till we die and mm -hmm. you know it don't matter where we're preaching if we got to preach in the back of a cop car or in a prison because you know they want to throw us in jail over preaching well we'll preach there too we wouldn't be the mm -hmm. first and we probably won't be the last mm -hmm. but you know so just keep us in your prayers uh this has been two preachers and the truth uh we hope you tune in next time god bless